Welcome to The Francisca Show, a Jewish coffeehouse podcast, the show in which people share their stories. This is the Survivor Special, where survivors of physical, sexual, and emotional abuse come forward to share their experiences, thereby raising awareness and preventing the likelihood of it happening again. No further research has been done into these stories, and these episodes are intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. On some of these episodes, names have been changed to provide some privacy to our dear guests sharing their very vulnerable and personal experiences. I'm Francisca, and you are listening to the No More Silence on The Francisca Show. As always, listener discretion is advised, especially for this episode, and there are some graphic details here as well as explicit language, so listener discretion is definitely advised. Enjoy this episode. As always, I love hearing from you, and if you would like to come onto the show and share your story, please do reach out at franciscak at gmail.com. I would also urge you to go listen to other episodes on this podcast. For example, last week we did a special on Black History Month, and just last month we did a special episode for International Holocaust Remembrance Day with some of my family members who are still alive. So definitely go back and check that out. You definitely want to make sure to listen on to the end because my aunt actually shares some of her personal memories as she was five, six, or seven years old at the time of the Holocaust. And thank you again for all your messages of support. I read all of them, I respond to all of them, and I appreciate them all. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you so much, Victoria, for coming on and being vulnerable with us. So the floor is yours, and feel free to start wherever you feel like your story begins. Hi. Well, thank you. Thank you for having this amazing podcast. This is incredible. I believe that we get to, we get to share, because that's how others, that's how we help others to heal. And I have been not even aware of my very first abuse till I was 25. I was doing the self-development course and it just popped up as a flashback in my mind. I remember coming back home with my boyfriend who was going through it together. And coming back home, I, I did not know if I want to share or not. And then in a few days, I decided to share with him. And that was the very first time I remember it and I shared with anyone. I could probably imagine something like this but i never thought that was actually true so i was living it thinking that i probably made things up as a kid and when it's pop up i i certainly knew that was that was the truth and what happened is when i was four years old that's how i remember four or five years old uh, my aunt abused me sexually and a lot of people say like on like what she can do well what she did and we just had like an int- intimate moment together but what was really traumatizing to me when i walked out of the room well first of all i couldn't share with anybody but i felt this huge shame and love at the same time and that's what really stick into my body and my brain that's how i was actually getting a love and attracting this those moments in my life of shame but not realizing it just subconsciously and keep bringing it on so 
I did not even knew what I felt this moment because it was just so unconscious at first. And then I remember about it at 25 and never even understood like how that even happened. Maybe I made up. So the first thing I remember what I did in like few months, I actually talked with my sister. I have a sister which is a year older than me. And I thought maybe she did it to her too. Probably it was about a year or so. And she said, no, she never done to her, but she remember like how they were watching porn. I don't remember that, but that's what she remembered. And so obviously that made sense to me that probably that was true, like a hundred percent. I don't know, maybe I felt angry at first, I'm mad. Like, yo, you did this to me and my life is screwed because of this. And I have always like sexual, like bi I'm bisexual. So I always, I love girls. And I thought, oh, that's why this is it because I mean, I don't know if that's normal or not, but for me as growing up, I thought that was not normal. I grew up in Russia. There's people there uh, not acceptable of your sexuality that could be different from what they are. And definitely I will feel shame or felt that I will not be like everybody else, that I'm not fitting in. I remember when I shared with my sister, I was like, you know what? I don't know why, how old she was. And we try to remember how old our aunt is. She was probably like 13, 14, 15. And it didn't pop to my mind first that she, maybe she wasn't doing that consciously, you know, really. So I was living with it for a couple of years. She was 13 years old when- Yeah, young. She was young, yeah. About maybe 14 or 15, I don't know exactly. What happened is that I've been living with it, you know, thought, and I thought, you know, I, I don't care really. It's, I, I'm, you know, I'm 20, what, six or seven I was at that time. I thought I don't have any resentment or anything because it, it really was that unconscious for me. And then just after a couple of years, I see that my life wasn't really going anywhere better after this self-development course. <laughs> I was like, everything is going to... Like, how, I, what am I doing? Is it something that I get to clear up or do differently? And I hire a coach. Um, she was Russian coach. <laughs> I, I didn't even understand why I hired her, but on our like call, I cried and she helped me to clear up some emotions. And she got a lot of forgiveness work. So what she shared with me that, well, she's like, just write a letter. You don't have to talk to her. You can just write a letter and because this is huge. and. I might not understand that it's actually really huge and reflecting on our life and thinking, oh, that's okay. That's happened in the past, whatever. I'm a different person right now, but it is imprinting. It's imprinting on your life unless you clear that up. And I did not know how to clear it up. So she said, okay, write that letter. And I said, I don't know even how to do this. Like, what do I say? <laughs> So she helped me a lot. She kind of basically gave me a script and I just put my emotions and things in there. And I had this script. She's like, she said, I get to call her because she's alive. She's my mom's sister. And I, I was like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm going to do this. And I call her. So her husband picked it up and I said, okay, let her call me back. And I think she called me back once and I kind of, let this go. I was like, yeah, it's okay, whatever. I just so busy building my business. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and six months after that, I started to do a leadership course. 
And again, we was going through different trainings. So that was the one that I did was like in a first part, but I, got, I, I committed to do the full thing. And then I, I thought, to, I saw to myself, I, I, I actually get to do this because it's not that it's imprinted in me maybe before, but now that I know about it, it is imprinting in my head. And I kind of not sure like why she did this, right? But I got, and okay, so after going through vision, I just woke up one morning after going the, the first part of the course. I woke up and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to call her right now. It's like I opened my script because I was so like shaking and she picked it up like after a first ring, she picked it up. So that was means for me that I was ready. And I told her everything that I actually put it, wrote it down. I didn't delete it. That was six, seven months later after I wrote the script. And I just read it and I shared something from my heart as well. And her answer was, she's like, oh my God, I did not know you remember that. I did not know how that harmed you or that could affect your life. I was so young. I did not, I, I was regretting that for all my life. I did not want to bring it up. I thought you might not remember it. And we had this beautiful conversation with her where I felt that my body was like releasing the resentment or anything. It's just like energy release. I had once the same thing with my father when I talked once. And um, there's a lot of work with the forgiveness I've done. And that was the feeling when you're just talking and you're feeling so much lighter. It's like it's coming off you. <laughs> And we had like this five minute conversation and it felt so good, felt so great after. Yeah, it sounds like her validation, the fact that she didn't deny anything or didn't make you feel like you did something wrong. I think that's something yeah. very unique to your story. And the fact that she was mm -hmm. apologetic and expressed how, how ashamed she was of what she had done and how that impacted her life. I think that's yeah in in this terrible situation it's the most beautiful outcome that anyone can it's the fantasy right <laughs> i feel like it i don't know how that happens else but that that's definitely uh, was a really interesting moment for me i will i i did not expect that answer at all what were you expecting i was not expecting anything because I was so grateful for this to happen in my life and fully accepted and grateful and just forgive her and work through this on my own. And I called with a, such a good intention just to let her know that I love her and I don't want she to feel anything if she did. And that's what, yeah, that was really uh, brought our forgiveness to each other and just awareness and acceptance. I'm curious, I don't know if she shared with you, but did she express anything about like why she did it? Was she just curious and exploring? Was she abused herself and she was taking out uh, somebody more vulnerable than her? No, no. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about anything really. Yeah, we, we kind of, she shared with me like her life because we're not in, in contact. She's the one person in our family who is, Oh, that was like a, you know, the thing that is not going well for the person. She's having like five kids and um, in Russia, we have, they pay you when you get, when you be more pregnant. So that's why she did it. Not that she wanted to have, and she's like having a husband. She switched them a few times and it's like the life is just not going well for her. And my mom tried to help her, like tried to talk and we 
helped her actually with her kids sometimes. She lives in different city too. And we just decided, you know, it's not the part of the family we're doing contact with. So I really haven't been in contact with her for, my mom only was for my, because they have grandmother, right? Um, together, our grandmother. But I haven't talked to her for 15 years or something. So she shared with me her pictures of her kids and saying that she was actually starting a new life, doing no drugs and really taking care of herself. Now she was sharing that she is on that path. Yeah, it just really makes me happy because she have five beautiful children. Why is it so important to actually clean it up in our life? Because I was looking in my life to always get more of this because that would form belief for me that shame and abuses love. And after that, I mean, I have uh, like another situation with a rape, but that was like really... Um, not clear enough because I don't know that person and there's no way I can find this guy. And I believe that I've attracted those moments because I was not, I wasn't aware of this one, that it was the root of everything. And if you are listening right now to this podcast, look, if you have something that you have not cleared it up with, it doesn't have to be with the person necessarily like I did. It starts with us. It's It starts inside of us. And I can totally see once I did the shift in myself and forgive every, everyone that I was, you know, I will think they will abuse me or they actually abuse me. I stopped to attract those people, like those negative moments in my life. Would you like to talk about that second experience of abuse in your life? So the whole story started, I fell in love in, in, when I was traveling in Monaco with my ex and uh, we had unprotected sex. So I got pregnant and we lived to, and he said, look, let's, let's keep it. I love you. And let, and I was terrified. I was 19 and 20, uh, 19 turning 20. And uh, we moved, we came back, we moved together and he, like everything was going through, like we're having this child, we're getting married. And on 11 weeks, the almost 12 weeks, he decided to leave. Just one day he came back, he packed his stuff and he said, I'm, I'm leaving. And in Russia, the latest moment where you can do abortion, it's 12 weeks. So I had four days before the official period to do it and now reevaluate everything in my life on what I get to do. And I was terrified. I didn't, I mean, first of all, the hormones was already busting. Like I was hearing a heartbeat and I, I would never, like that was the worst fear ever in my life to have a being pregnant and do abortion. Like I will, I was not even considering that. And having those feelings toward the baby, I, I, I just lost it for three days. I was in home just crying, sleeping and trying to understand what, what, what do I get to do? And I felt like I was just hoping everything will figure out on its own because it was such a big decision that I was not, I was ready to make it, but I was thinking that I wasn't ready to do. And, you know, I love my mom so much. It's like, she never told me what to do, but she always been so supportive. 
and she always will share her stories in the best moments, like in the moments that I really needed throughout my life. And she shared with me when I was talking with her that I don't know, I I don't know how to raise this child. Like I don't want to have a child without having a father next to me. Like that's like my worst thing. And she shared with me that she, me and my sister wasn't actually her first. And I was like, wow. So I thought a hundred percent confidently, if you're doing abortion on that um, period, you won't have kids. That's what in Russia they tell you. Like you can't do surgery and have kids after. Like most of the times you won't. And that's what was known to me. And when my mom told me the story, I thought, okay, you know, it actually might be fine because she did it. So she opened this belief for me that it could be fine. And I found a doctor and I went through like five doctors and was really afraid of doing this, but I did it. I stayed in the hospital for like three days and then I went out, went back and I started to look for a job, uh, just a job to have it because I, I quit my other one before that. And I, I did not have any savings because I was just paying for myself and my ex like really didn't help while we were living together. So I like, I spent all my savings paying for apartments that we were living in and everything. And I don't know, I was so silly. I was so stupid looking for a job online on, on the dating website. And this guy was, okay, like I have this company, building a construction company. And I was like, great, I can do be assistant. That's what I've done before. I was like, I can do whatever, whatever you need me to do in the office. And we, she said, okay, let's meet for a, for a dinner and I, I will show you the buildings, like the, the company itself. So I drove and he's like, are you driving? I'm like, yes. He's like, can you pick me up? My car is like in the, in the service. And I picked him up, like driving. It was winter and uh, he showed me just like buildings around, but I did not think that we actually did not walk in or do anything. <clears throat> so after we had food, He's like, can you please um, drive me to my service so I can pick it up my car? And I will drive here. I was like, I I'll show you. He's like, I'll show you. I know the road. I was like, okay. And I was driving him to the service and dark, so dark and winter and cold. I remember. <laughs> and I see that it's like, it's getting less and less people on the road where I'm driving. So in Russia, we have this garages. Imagine a box, metal boxes that like on top of a cars like big box with have a little yeah we have them in america here like in the in the houses but in russia they're standby they're alone they're standing just them and people have them next to each other and that little parks it's like parking lot you can imagine with this little boxes and everybody have their own kind of storage space i would say it's more storage space and i'm seeing it and like once i'm actually starting turning to them i was like something is wrong something is wrong and by the time i'm slipping on the brakes he's pouring a knife to my to my neck and he's like shut up bitch and do what i say or i'll kill you i was like two days after my abortion well first of all i was on the hormones <laughs> second of all i was really freaking afraid for my life now and i always I guess when you're on adrenaline hits, like you started to think how to protect yourself really well. And I just started, okay. I was like, sure, whatever you say, just don't kill me. And I tried to share with him. I show him a pictures and everything. I was like, 
I am pregnant. I just did abortion. Like we can't have a sex. I can't have sex for weeks. I was like, I will like, can we just meet other women? I'll have sex with you. I promise. Like, can we not do it right now? Like it, it can hurt that I cannot have a kids later. And I want to have kids like this. That is my dream to have a family with the kids and growing together. Like I did have my family and he did not he listened and he said i see love this story i don't believe you so he we had sex and uh he asked me to drive him out i was just like so under shock i just drove him like to whatever uh, a road and he said if you will go to police i'll i'll find you and i'll kill you so i just the door was there he left the car the door was closed and i was like okay I'm just gonna forget about like it was a sick freaking person because he is sick so he shared with me on the road back that he was so stressed he planned that for a month to find a girl he knew the road he planned that to the details like to me when he was sharing this to me I thought he's like he's psycho like he's sick like why would you even share with this with me after you did this like I don't care like, it doesn't take away fact that what you did. He's like, I didn't have sex for years. It's like, I really needed it. I was like, what? So for me, that was, I just forgot about it. And I said, he's psycho. Like, I can't be even mad at psycho. So I don't think this has really affected my life because I forgive him just like right away. Because you can't be mad at psycho. And that's how I protected myself and my psychology, that he needs help. Like, I'm good. I will be great. Like, I, I can handle this. But he really needs help. Like, and you can't be mad at psycho person. So that was the second thing that I had happening. So this is crazy. And you've mentioned how you changed how you live and therefore you don't attract people like that anymore. Can you give some examples mm -hmm. of that? Well, before that, I will also attract the guy that I, I, on the date that I, I was like so unlucky. I cannot even tell you. <laughs> I will go on a date and I have like twice. It's, I only call this being raped because I was just saying, okay, let's do this. You know, it, it wasn't like with the knife or anything like this happened. But I will like constantly trying to be on the dating website and attracting psychos, like insanely. And after that one, because but I because I still was holding on to the rape that happened when I was four, I will attract just people who will be not it's nothing with the sexual abuse, but just definitely abuse me like more mentally. My last ex boyfriend, like three and a half years ago, was like wow. And that after that one, I've do, I've done the sec the second time the leadership course where I was like I get to fix something inside. Like this is not people. It's not them because everybody that I was dating and everybody that I met was great when I met them. But when once I was dating them in the like long run, they're become crazy. But that's not them. That's me because they are with me and we are affecting each other. So I started to put those toes together and my worst fear and my latest relationship came through. He cheated on me and he actually called me while I was in my mother's, I went to Russia and to help my sick grandma, to move my sick grandma to another town with my mom. He called me and he said, I, <laughs> that was crazy. He's like, I cheated on you. I want to break up. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, 
why are you telling me this? It's like, do I deserve you to tell me? Like, what did I do? You like just two days ago, you were swearing on loving me and missing me. And now you're telling me that it was insane. So I started to really self-reflect and thinking, okay, this is not, it's not him. Like, it's definitely that I did not give him enough love and care that he went and, ha and decided to do this with somebody else. And yeah, after that, I started to really do this leadership work. I'm right now I'm coaching in that in this training, just, you know, voluntarily, because I just changed my life. And I highly recommend to anyone who is having those repeating patterns, just repeating itself to go inside and see where else I, I was looking at. What, what am my worst fear? Why am I fearing that? What can worse happen? Okay, so if I'm attracting that, where else in life that it shows up? It's it all comes down to our to ourself and our love to ourselves, to integrity in ourselves, and just yeah, just being forgiving for ourselves because I was ashamed of you know all my life of what I was doing, and I was just ashamed of everything and my choices of different certain situations. And once I was, what I was really doing is I was really judging myself and uh, having this wall up and thinking that I give love to people and, but it wasn't, it was all in my head, but I was actually sharing that with them. And that's what I actually realized. <laughs> and first of all, forgive myself, forgive everybody that I was thinking that I was the victim of and taking responsibility and think, saying, okay, so if that happened, my soul wanted. No. So of course, consciously, I didn't want it at four years old. I did, I did not even have a conscious. Like we actually start to have a logic brain only at 13. And that what I was blaming her after I realized for three years and blame it's such a low vibration. Like you can't live with this. Like you won't attract anything in your life. If you live on shame, on blame, on victim, on fear. And that's what it was going on, that I was just keep attracting those things around myself unless I started, until I started to look at them and forgive myself first and everyone and saying, look, I'm so grateful for everything that happened because it made me the person that I'm right now. It made me that person that can support and have compassion for with those that had happened and make the world a better place and make you know women to step up in their power and not taking their stories and oh yes this happened to okay you can do this you procrastinate okay keep going like this is not going to change our world at what point did you move to the states seven years ago i broke on your own or with your family no by myself we I had we broke up with my ex in Paris and I thought, okay, I'm gonna go travel. It's so cold. It was December <laughs> in Russia, in Moscow. And I was like, oh my God, no, I'm going to Miami. I had friends, they had a house, and I was just decided to live with them. And then I met this girl who invited me. She's like, let's go to New York with me. I'm like, sure, let's go. I'm just traveling. Like I just moved back from France. And I then I went to New York, I got offered a job, and then I stayed. So literally just happened in a flowing way. 
I did not plan that at all. And the coming out, the trainings and all that self-development that brought all the memories back, that happened already in the States. Yes, that happened. The very first one was five, four, three in LA now. So it was four years back in New York. The first one, that was a little part of the whole training that I don't recommend you in portions. I recommend you them together because that made sense. After I did the release everything on the second one, just I realized what I was doing to myself for three years, not even looking at it and going through and actually healing it. Because look, you don't need a therapist. Like I promise you, like, no. <laughs> what do you really need? It's to self-reflection and honest, brutal feedback for yourself and just taking responsibility, owning responsibly everything and taking responsibility for everything that happened. And it's so liberating. That's very interesting. It's I never had this conversation. <laughs> I mean, a little bit came out through other episodes, but and their whole belief system is this was not your fault. You couldn't have done your child. Taking responsibility here is you, you want to take responsibility over the rest of your life. You don't want that to sabotage or take over your life. But you also want to know that certain things weren't your fault as well. Yeah, it's not It's not like it's not our fault. Like my soul chose this for a reason. I don't want to say that was a fault of her, a fault of circumstances, because that's not responsibility. That's still somebody else is responsible. So there's a full levels of responsibility. First one, I'm not responsible. There are. <laughs> Second one, it's I am, I don't remember like exactly how it goes, but in the way that I will explain, it's like, I'm not responsible. And then, okay, I might be responsible, but like, it's there still fold. On the third one, it's I am, okay, I'm responsible for my feelings, but I'm not responsible for what they're doing. And the fourth level, it's I am responsible for everything that is happening in my life, 100% of the times. Let me ask you this. Is this the Russian in you or is this the Western American you? Because I know in Russia, it's very behind on these kind it of... It is behind. You know, you don't even think to talk about domestic abuse or mental abuse or sexual abuse. It's that's life. It's part of life. It's the hazard of being a woman, you know, whoops, that happened to you. And I don't know what's happened in the last 15 years since I've left, but I know they're really behind. Do you know, since you, you are in touch with your family members and you have a connection to Russian culture still, do you know if things have progressed? I don't know because I'm not there for eight years now. Uh, and, uh, I have been really traveling for another couple, so I'm like 10 years not there. Well, with abuse, I don't have really much friends there left. I have my sister. I actually don't know if she were abused in this way, uh, but I never heard anybody speaking about it. I'm sure there is, there are. I'm sure there are places in Russia. Russia is progressing like, pretty, pretty good, pretty well the last years. And I hope they are. I know they have trainings, like the transformational training is the same training around the world. It's the same curriculum, it's patent, it's experiential learning, and it's the same training around the world, just a little different mechanisms. 
I know there are there. So I'm sure there are there, there are work like this, but in the only 3% of population do that work. Like therapists, it's more convenient. It's more, yeah, more branded. Like you got to go to a therapist. And look, I know so many people, like in our even trainings, like there were so many people going through therapy for 10 years, for 20 years. My perspective on that, and I don't know, there is definitely therapist, a good place for therapists to go through and just speak it out. It's it's a good therapy. Just speaking out loud, it's already a huge, it's a huge shift, but you're not really shifting there much to the the responsibility level that I told you the last one. But it's a good at least start to be aware of like, I'm responsible for how I'm feeling, you know, it's happened, but I'm responsible for how I'm feeling. So that's the third level. There are also stages of the feelings. I know yes. when people die, there is anger and then grief. grief. Right. Grief. So and it comes and goes. Right. Grief is actually one emotion that never leaves your body. It's always there and it just comes and goes in waves and you get to actually feel it through and it's going to go out. It's just really feeling through. But every other emotion, so we can actually express and release it from our body. It's getting stuck in our body but grief. And those places that we are stacking those emotions, the fear, the not feeling good enough, not, you know, fear of judgment, like looking bad, saying something wrong and, you know, thinking that you got to be perfect as procrastinating. And it's like all the feelings that we're feeling through while we're experiencing that it's getting stuck in one part or two in our body. I'm a holistic health coach by certification. I don't work as a holistic health coach, but I know a lot about cancer. My grandfather died from cancer and I learned a lot. And my theory is that these emotions, when they're stuck in our body, they start to accumulate to each other. And that's where the cancer grow. So by the place where cancer grows, you know what person we have been through, what he hasn't released it, what emotions he is stacking. And it's, on my studies and on my search that was just only confirming always mm -hmm. i had bell's palsy do you know what's the bell's palsy francisca no so okay so bell's palsy it's a disease that caused by stress or overworking yeah and what it does it causes half of your face to paralyzed be paralyzed it's basically have you like if you're listening to it imagine if if you ever saw people have a stroke, the, how the face look after a stroke, it's just dripping, like the dripping and the other side, it's moving normally. Mm -hmm. So I had this, um, after I thought I was already working with stressing, but what it actually means that I was stuck in feelings and not expressing my emotions by Louise Hay. And in my leadership course, that was in the middle, I was going through my feedback from everybody was that I have a wall and that's I, I believe Russians get this feedback a lot because we judge a lot and I judged a lot because I was judging myself mostly but I had this wall and people will say that I'm disconnected and I will never express my emotions I will never really share I thought that if I'm there with you this is like act of service right it's enough but for some people their love languages is different and you get to express and you get to actually share and they don't want to see you perfect. They didn't want to see just perfect me, but that's what everybody was seeing because I never shared anything. And this has came up for me once 
Bell's palsy is a disease that usually uh, six, it takes to six to eight months to heal and sometimes it stays forever. So I got it to really shift my mindset. Once I was doing the summit and I was doing video interviews uh, in three weeks, like interviewing 25 people. And I thought, how oh, I'm going to do this. Oh my God, my face, it's fr like it's frozen. It's awful. It looks terrible. I mean, it doesn't look pretty. It's like half of your face is moving, half it's not. And well, I lost my identity because I didn't see myself in the mirror. I was really terrified of, I, I don't know, I wasn't that confident strongly at that point, but that's what I got to embody and be just confident in myself. And in just three weeks after I shift my mindset and I applied also purposeful calendar, it's the energetic time management that I teach is it's, it went away in three weeks, three weeks. And it's our body because I was not sharing my emotions all my life. It was accumulating, accumulating, accumulating. And at one point when it's known, when you're ready to release it, like the hardest, the worst, the really root, deeper beliefs in you come out usually with the sickness because it's like it's by your body's processing. So if you're going through therapy or if you're going through some emotional stuff and you're releasing something and you feel you're getting sick it's so good it's amazing because your body's shifting and i was so happy at that moment when i got it i was like oh my god i just love this disease because now i know i'm like i break it through i know that i am shifting not just saying it right but it's i happening am on the outside as well yes wow thank you so much for coming on to this show victoria Thank you for inviting. I hope that will help some women, ladies or guys who's listening to step into their greatness and just be loving to yourself and forgiving and to others. Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you would like to share your story on this podcast, please do reach out to me at franciscak at gmail.com. This Francisca Show podcast hosts a No More Silence special on abuse once a month. However, do check in on other weeks for interviews with female Jewish creatives. One of the easiest ways you can support the show is by telling your friends to check it out and subscribe. You can also leave a review on iTunes. And of course, when you or anyone else you know who is looking for podcast coaching to launch their podcast, optimize it, potentially monetize it as well, I am your gal. So please do not hesitate, make an introduction, and pay it forward.